0: You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I am Grant Goldberg, and Russell Wilson is the greatest football player on the planet, the Seahawks probably won't lose ever again, and everything will be great. Since dropping an F bomb, the Seahawks well, since Russell Wilson dropping an F bomb, the Seahawks are four zero. Since Spike dropped an F bomb, we got one negative review, but we've gotten all five star reviews after it. I'm feeling good. Spike, how was your weekend?
0: Uh, I've lived and died a thousand times since we last spoke, Grant. Uh, that was uh, that was as enjoyable. A Seahawks game as I've seen, I think ever, because it managed to be really competitive and still like more fun than stressful about the overall stakes of the game. I feel like playoff games that have been this good have just been torture. I feel like other times the Seahawks have gotten into games like this, they haven't been as well played as this. This was just a back and forth shootout the whole game. I mean, if you look at the score by quarter, uh, quarter one, 14 to 14. Quarter two, seven to seven. Quarter three, six to three. Seahawks, quarter four, 14 to 14. I mean, it was just like two teams, Spider Man pointing at each other as we said they would, uh, but doing so in a way that was even more delightful than the best of the Spider Man movies, which for me is still probably Spider Man two with Alfred Molina. So this was even better than Spider-Man two. That's yeah. my take.
1: I really liked Spider-Man two, but I really liked this football game. It was like you said, it was probably one of the more entertaining games I've ever seen. And yeah. you know, credit to the Seahawks for letting Russell Wilson loose like from the get go in order to stay in it because you know, we've been notorious slow starters, and when Houston immediately put points on the board, I was like, well, crap, we're going to go down, it's going to be one of those games. But the Seahawks fought back, and they fought back early, and that was, that was huge. So, so credit to them for letting Russell Wilson do what he did in the first half and, and not going conservative. That was, that was really awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, at a certain point, they got away from the run all the way, which was delightful, as the running game was beyond poor. It was, like, unbelievably bad at every phase, in that our running backs weren't finding the holes that were there. They were dropping the ball. The offensive line wasn't opening up holes or beating their men one-on-one when they were in one-on-one situations, leading to, Massive hits in the backfield. And the coaches kept, for whatever reason, running off the left tackle, which is Riso Diombo going heads up against Jadavian Clowney, who looked as much like South Carolina-era Jadavian Clowney as I've seen him look in the NFL, as he was eating up decent college left tackle Riso Diombo. I mean, it was brutal. Like, why were we running to the left? At least when we ran to the right, we'd get, like, two yards. When we ran to the left, Clowney was so deep in the backfield like just don't run at him just like they had one good player on their defensive line and I feel like we ran at him 60-70% of the time and those runs on on aggregate went for negative yardage it was crazy Grant it was insane making I,
1: I just like there was a couple instances where you know it was not half a second after the ball was snapped and Clowney was already in the backfield like he turned o- Odiambo around a few times, and yeah, it, it was it was comical. It was like watching an older brother like toy with his little brother, and like it it was like I I can't even explain it. Like it was like a Jadavian Clowney at so- South Carolina versus like a division you know sixty seven <laughs> left tackle. Yeah. It, it was incredible to watch. Like as a football fan, like you marvel at how one J- Jadavian Clowney is so good. Two. How bad Riso D'Ambo was. He was. Yeah. Granted, he was going up against Jadavian Clowney, but, but also he, he did not. He did not build off of that game that he had last week versus the Giants.
0: And I will say that the Texans were selling out a hundred percent to beat the run, which is why they kept biting on play action even after we'd run it about fifteen times without running the ball. Right. Like, that. That was. So, It was delightful for me, the fan of the Seahawks who loved to see like Russell Wilson get a full three, four seconds in the pocket because no one was coming at him too hard. Like, how many sacks did he take? I don't think he took very many. Was it, I think,
1: two for six yards?
0: Yeah. Like, the pass blocking was both fine and well schemed. And I guess the runs were set in. I mean, it's insane to complain about the offense in a game where we scored 41 points but we did get 33 rushes or i'm sorry 21 rushes for 33 yards
1: and and, and 30 russell, of those yards were russell, russell wilson, wilson
0: on four carries
1: yeah russell so, wilson like he the bulk of those yards came like when he put the team on his back in the fourth quarter and he's like all right it's go time like we have to put points on the board yeah and like, eddie
0: lacy and thomas Rawls both ran the ball six times eddie lacy had zero yards thomas Rawls had negative one yards
1: this is fine. This, is, this <laughs> yeah. is fine. Oh, my gosh. Well, again, is, but, like, also, like, on, on the
0: exact flip side of that was uh, Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson, who both caught the ball six times. Tyler Lockett for 121 yards, Paul Richardson for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, uh, that, so that was, was Great. Yeah. And that was uh, – I got some things wrong in predicting this game uh, when we talked to Lockdown Texans. Uh, specifically, I thought Kiel Griffin and Richard Sherman would hold a DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller in check. Mm. And they did not. They did not. Those two combined for 349 yards and three touchdowns on 13 catches. But I will say that it felt like it was going to be a Lockett or Richardson breakout game. And it was both. Why was not
1: both? both and And – it's funny that you mentioned that because Paul Richardson was someone that I noted and I guess this can go into, you know, a few of the things that I saw in the Seahawks game that I was really happy with. And there was a lot to be happy with in this game on the offensive side of the ball. And Paul Richardson was a big reason for that. He's always had these games where he's shown flashes of his ability and he shows what he's capable of. But yesterday's game looked like a full fledged breakout game like he was everywhere he was in the intermediate routes he was doing drags in the red zone he was you know he was getting open in the end zone and he had those jump balls on the field and it, it was a really complete game from Paul Richardson and he and he did what he kind of advertised that he can do he did he did make those plays on the ball and he did you know get open with his speed and so it's it's so nice to see maybe a full like a concrete option at wide receiver two alongside Doug Baldwin yeah. and just, just someone to, you know, take the attention from Baldwin and get those single teams and allow Doug to get open. And then Paul's open and then Tyler Lockett's open. And it's, it's so great to see. I mean, Paul Richardson's a reason for this and Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett is a reason for this, but Russell Wilson had completions of 48, 52, Three fifty-four and sixty-six. Yeah. And so they they it's really, really good. They really allowed him to you know spread it downfield. Granted, the Houston Texans secondary also did too. But credit to the Seahawks receivers and credit to mm, as much as it pains me to say, credit to Tanner McAvoy. Where I give credit yeah. where credit is due. He caught that he fifty-three great yard pass and he forced a fumble on special teams. Yeah, so, he had an yeah.
0: absolutely great game. Uh Yeah, I mean, everybody involved in the passing game, I think, stood out at one moment or another, and that was really exciting. Uh, And it's how this team has to win. They, like, accidentally built a passing juggernaut. I mean, Russell Wilson has currently got a passer rating over 100 on the season. His touchdown-interception ratio, I believe, sits at 15 to 4. I mean, he's playing out of his mind right now. They've got the weapons... To beat any secondary outside of like Denver, and we'll see against Jacksonville. You know, so I I'm just like you got to cut it loose a little earlier than they did, maybe. But again, they scored 41 points. Why am I complaining? It was just an awesome performance. It was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think Lockett. I think I mean Lockett had six catches for 121 yards on eight targets. One of those other targets, he and Wilson just miscommunicated, and it was brutal because it was a deep shot they could have hit, but Lockett turned it into a deep curl, which was weird um, when he could have been running free. And the other, though, would have been Wilson's second pick, but Lockett just got a hand on it when it sailed a little wide of him, and he tipped it up in the air so that it wasn't picked. So that was actually a really nice play by Lockett. Lockett hasn't been... Uh, quite as dominant as I've wanted him to be. Mostly because after his rookie year, I was like, man, he looks a lot like Antonio Brown after Antonio Brown's rookie year. And since then, he hasn't done that. But, like, man, it's great to see him be really good. He's led the team in receiving three times this year. Uh, it's It's been a really nice season for Tyler Lockett pretty quietly and coming back from a pretty catastrophic injury.
1: Right, and and... Sorry, I I have my dogs in the house and there's people working, so. Uh-oh. Uh Who me let the that.
0: dogs in? Am I right, Grant?
1: Oh my gosh. No, I was you gonna did. go into something like that was pretty nice, like the Texans ran 69 plays, and I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> uh <laughs> boy, You were boy. saying about Tyler Lockett how like he was. I, I think I'm not wrong in saying widely perceived and have in a potential breakout season last year. And, you know, he couldn't really stay healthy, and even in the early parts of the season, you saw, like, how, you know, lingering injuries affected him, but a fully healthy Tyler Lockett just expands this offense, and, and while his impact in special teams hasn't been great, as in, like, it's, I'm I i, don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it's negative, because, like, he's taken out kicks from the end zone that you shouldn't have, and that, yeah. that's been a reoccurring theme, but... To the point where, like, teams are starting to kick it short of the end zone and and trying to make a play on him.
0: But, well, at least if they kick it short of the end zone, it's justified. It's, it's and then he usually he kicks it out. Yeah. and then he gets to like the twenty two, and I'm not angry at everything. Right. I'd rather God. start
1: at like the twenty two than the seventeen yard line or the eighteen yard line. Like we've, we've I you know, agree starting at yeah. But he he expands the passing offense. He is. I'm not going to say as good when when Russell Wilson scrambles as Doug Baldwin, but you know he gets open and he, and he knows what to do and if that could have been a good play where you know Russell Wilson evaded some a couple sacks and and threw it on the run but he he misses Mark but that's a play where you know that changes the game if he doesn't if he doesn't tap that ball down. And yeah. that's not going to be talked about a whole lot, but that's you know a high leverage play.
0: But we're talking about it here on Locked On Seahawks, man. Also, I just want to say, what a game, Grant!
1: Oh, it, oh my gosh, like it was no really. More, I I good. saw I saw this stat, and we mentioned how Russell Wilson led the team in rushing yards, but he had more total yards than the whole entire offense had. Yeah, he he had more than a hundred percent of the Seahawks' total yards. Yeah, like i like, like, when have you heard that? <laughs>
0: I think there were. I think I saw a stat that like there were coming into this game three times in NFL history where a quarterback th- threw for four hundred yards, four touchdowns, and ran for at least twenty-five yards, and both quarterbacks did that in this game, which is going to bring me to our moment of respect for the opponent. And holy crap, that Texans offense! Deshaun Grant.
1: Watson is the truth.
0: Oh my. god. God, well, and and like not just Deshaun Watson because like Deshaun Watson played really well. He played really well. I mean, he extended plays. He had one strike to Will Fuller at like the three yard line that to me was like it was a be. All, it was a pure Russell Wilson play, and that like the route kept developing and kept developing and kept developing, and Fuller somehow gets open at the end, and Watson's vision is extraordinary and for him to see that and hit it put it right on the sideline but still catchable it was an incredible throw um and i mean obviously his touchdown pass to lamar miller when marcus smith hits him like seven or eight times in the backfield and he just won't go down and makes that play and scores a touchdown for the was, it's he played out of his mind but like, oh man, DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Like, oh, my and, gosh, oh that's, and oh, and oh man, that's, Will he's Fuller. A, he's. A, I mean, Will, those are two game breaking receivers.
0: Yeah, I mean, Will Fuller beat Earl Thomas and Keel Griffin on a post route, and then beat Richard Sherman up the sideline. But what DeAndre Hopkins was doing, he wasn't even like beat. Like his body control, his catch radius, his strength, his speed. Yeah, I mean, is I, I went into this game being like DeAndre Hopkins is as good as anybody other than Antonio Brown or Julio Jones, but like he might be better. Like, is that crazy to say? I think like,
1: it's like he's like definitely as good. Like he's definitely yeah. he's a guy that no matter if he's open, you get the ball to him. Like that's no that's one, how good he is. Like he no
0: one single does
1: team, double team. You get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins.
0: No one does what he did to the Seahawks defense
1: two hundred and twenty-five receiving yards
0: eight receptions 220 i mean he he had a catch in raw he did everything he had that back shoulder catch on sherman where it seemed impossible because like sherman whipped his arm like through the ball but like he turned around and the ball was perfectly thrown i mean it was just incredible and sherman like credit to him like he got two picks he had some pass breakups but it didn't matter Like, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Um, And then Houston was able to run the ball enough. And a lot of that was Deshaun Watson. I mean, they didn't have explosive runs. Uh, Credit to Cam, even though he blew a tack on DeAndre Hopkins. It led to, like, 70 yards after catch. But, like, Cam in the rushing game was great. Bobby was really solid. Like, the running backs on their team did some work, but we didn't let them gash us. Right. Uh, But, like, oh, my God, their receivers – Oh my god! Uh, and you know, you wonder what this team is going to look like next year if JJ Watt can come back, because they were a they were an interior disruptor away from being able to take over this game. They couldn't do it because they couldn't really frustrate Russell Wilson uh, with pressure while also staying committed and consistent against the run. But if they had a guy like JJ Watt who can do sort of everything in the middle of the line, and they have that offense, and I mean they're, they're good, man. That's a good team. That's a good team, Grant.
1: They, I, I saw this and I agree with it. That they are way closer to the Super Bowl than they are further away, and just, that's a big credit yeah. to Deshaun Watson. and And they'd be even closer if they had a JJ Watt healthy and they had a Whitney Merciless healthy and like I mean, they're three
0: and four and they have a plus 27 point differential
1: really good three and four yeah and and
0: i mean some of that is their offense and defense are switching spots right now due to watson's uh emergence and the injuries on the defense like coming into this game i think they were the sixth ranked defense in dvoa and the ninth ranked offense and like clearly that is a top five offense in a middle of the pack defense with watson like this and no what, no merciless, but that's still a recipe to be a really good team. You know, we talked last week about how the Saints are a genuine threat in the NFC. Weirdly, this Texans team is following the same model, and even though they are third in their division, they're only a game back of the Titans and Jaguars. And I, you know, as good as that Jaguars defense is, is Blake Bortles really that good? And the Titans look a mess right now. So I don't know. And they, I mean, they almost beat the Patriots last year in the playoffs. And who are they? with Tom Savage or Brock Osweiler, like, I don't know, man. That's a good team.
1: Like I I, I said this and I said that Deshaun Watson can be NFL MVP one day. And I know anybody can be NFL MVP, but he has a legitimate shot. I'm going to say this
0: not anybody can be NFL MVP. Deshaun Watson can be like, if you are a quarterback with that skill set as a rookie, I mean, Earl said this, when was the last time we saw a rookie like this? It was Russell Wilson and to a different degree, RG three, that same year right. where you've got someone with the escapability, but RG three didn't have the vision that Wilson has that Watson has. And Watson's accurate. Like, a like Wilson, coming out of college, they both were putting up legitimately high 60s accuracy numbers pretty consistently. And that's a big deal. Like, people are like, oh man, why are the Browns waffling on Deshaun Kaiser? It's like, well, Deshaun Kaiser only completed like 56% of his passes in college. And that doesn't track to being a Pro quarterback, no matter how much you wanted to be, no matter how much you throw into the wolves, Deshaun Watson was completing sixty-five percent of his passes, while being escapable and having an explosive arm strength. Like that's the whole package. That is the package of skills you need to succeed at the next level. That's what Carson Wentz had against significantly less good competition. It's what Russell Wilson had at a much shorter stature, and it's what you know. It's what Andrew Luck had. I mean, like. He is that level of prospect. Uh, And the fact that we were digging him during draft season speaks pretty ill to our ability to evaluate players because it was right there sitting in front of us that he was the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, Trubisky is a legit prospect, and I think Trubisky can be good. But, like, man, Watson had all the pieces in a similar way to Wilson having all the pieces and Luck having all the pieces and that so many teams passed on him, including a team like the Browns. Including a team like the 49ers, just dumb. Just dumb and crazy and dumb. And I respect the Texans' offense. And it, dumb. and it shows dumb. how,
1: and how it's fun. Even, even taking a chance on him, and you see how dumb NFL coaching staffs can be. Yeah. How he didn't start from day one. And, yeah. Well, and know- like
0: credit, credit with hindsight to Pete Carroll again, because think about it. We started Russell Wilson over Matt Flynn from week four of that preseason. We said, here are the keys, Russell Wilson. And, sat, and like, the Texans didn't do that, and it might cost them the postseason because they lost that first game to the Jaguars, and maybe they lose it anyway because that Jaguars defense was legit, but that game could be huge. Exactly. Could be
1: huge. Especially in how close the division is and how yeah. it'll likely come down to uh, these... Uh, games where uh, you have the head-to-head matchup so yeah like, i could now, remember now that for some reason
0: <laughs> need to go beat the jaguars and that's going to be like that's a tough ask and yeah. it would have been good if they were competitive the first time and all it would have taken was starting a already top 10 quarterback and potential top five quarterback the sort of guy is going to be in the mvp race
1: yeah no. Desha- well and and
0: we'll, and later this episode we'll get to
1: another guy
0: who is in the MVP race this year.
1: Yeah, Desha- Deshaun Watson, like I said, is the truth. He's amazing. It's incredibly frustrating to watch your team play against him, but when you don't have to play against him, he's absolutely incredible to watch in different reasons.
0: Uh, and this is uh, I was gonna I was about to credit uh, as we finish this up the Texans offensive line, but instead news hitting the wire. Uh, Bill O'Brien was asked about trade rumors around Dwayne Brown. This was his quote. I don't have any say in that. Dwayne played well for us, but that's the business side of things. I don't know, man. Ooh, it's Stoked Dem Rumors. Ooh. Stoked, stoked time. Rumors. Stoke, Stoked, stoked, stoked Rumors. Dwayne Brown's coming to the Seahawks. All right. All
1: right. We're we're gonna is that our official stance? Dwayne Brown, yeah. future Seahawk? Yeah, why not? All right, so that sounds good. I'm excited to watch Dwayne Brown. Um, maybe it's at the expense of Jimmy Graham. Maybe it's not. But like we said, everyone got involved in the offense, including me? Jimmy Graham later in the game because he didn't Trade. have a target in the sec- in the first half.
0: Trade Jeremy Lane for Dwayne Brown, straight up. Who says no? Maybe the Texans say no, but they shouldn't. They need
1: a second quarterback! They really do. Like you know what I Tyler mean? Lockett absolutely abused Kareem Jackson. Like yeah. that was, that was just dirty to watch.
0: Yeah. So hey,
1: yeah, hey. go go for it, Texans. You know you have you have Seahawks executives numbers. We don't, so we can't make those calls. But you do. Yeah.
0: I would I would make the call if I could.
1: I I would definitely I would definitely make that call. Let's see. So, um, the Seahawks were great yesterday on offense when Deshaun Watson turned over the ball. They well. Credit to Earl Thomas for housing an interception. Yeah. So that that created points off turnovers immediately. But they also capitalized with a field goal off a of Deshaun Watson interception. And so that's something that really, you know, put the Seahawks, you know, ahead of the Texans in that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks took care of the ball for a large extent of the game. And just, despite that one really ugly interception from Russell Wilson, like they played a perfect game offensively through the air. And in order to beat the Texans, it seems you're going to have to score these points off turnovers, and you got to make the most of your opportunities because they're going to go downfield, the they're going to score points. So you got to you know take advantage of whatever you can and and put the ball in the end zone when when you get those uh, game-changing plays. And I liked that when the, the Texans intercepted that ball, the Seahawks really rose to the occasion in that. Well, Bill, Bill O'Brien really set them up to rise to the occasion by running those run plays. But at the same time, you know we see that this whole team, are they're gamers. They make game-winning plays when it matters. And it comes down to the fourth quarter when they have to make those plays. And they didn't make the play when DeAndre Hopkins ran 70 yards on a screen play. But you see them make these plays in that, like Paul Richardson, jump jump ball, pulls it down in front of the Texans' defender. And then you see, you know, them all scramble. You see Tyler Lockett after he makes the reception, sprint to the middle of the field, and and it's those game winning plays that no one's really going to talk about.
0: Yeah, I I mean the as well as the Texans played like the Seahawks played okay on defense. Like it's crazy to say after they gave up thirty eight points, but like they played okay. Like and they're definitely. Room for improvement around execution. Richard Sherman talked about it a great deal after the game. But, like, given how many explosives they gave up, they weren't, like, getting – they weren't, like, blowing it. Like, it was – with the exception of that long DeAndre Hopkins one where we just had missed tackles, there was, like, a bit of a hold on Justin Coleman, but, like, come on. There were were too many flags, but they were at least being thrown both sides – and he didn't really want to see a flag there so i get why that wasn't called but like i i don't know yeah like there's there's like room for improvement but like i think the improvement is just going to come by playing kirk cousins next week who has a just the weirdest penchant for keeping his team in a game into the fourth quarter and then throwing like three game breaking picks and like that's just like obviously going to happen against this defense
1: yeah, they're, they've shown to be the opportunistic defense that they have been in the past, and that was something that was lacking earlier on in the season. Yeah. And so that's that does wonders for the team, giving Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense those extra possessions to put points on the board. And um, someone – I think Doug Baldwin had a an underrated game. He still had six receptions. He still had 57 yards. Yeah. But also, he made – kareem jackson look foolish on a defensive pass interference call that yeah but you know, the seahawks at the goal line where that stat line looks a lot better for doug baldwin if he's not you know interfered with he torches kareem jackson he scores a touchdown pretty easily so i think that you know while tyler lockett and and paul richardson get a lot of credit doug baldwin easily could have had a stat line similar
0: yeah, he had a good game. Uh, I mean, obviously, he had that big drop on a contested catch down the field. And he had one. He had his first drop of the year early in the game. It w- didn't look like it was going to go for a first down unless he turned it upfield and made some moves, which is why he took his eye off it. It was a little high, but he did have a ball hit him in the hands and not end up being a catch for the first time all year. So that was weird. That's,
1: that's but what like we get Yeah, for, he that's was solid for talking about it. We jinxed him. We, we, yeah, he was we talk solid. About it a it, lot. <laughs>
0: And he also sort of mopped up that Jonathan Joseph uh coverage uh to a large degree. And when and when he was able to get Jackson on him, he made him pay. So he did everything he had to do given that the matchups did not favor him being the game breaker. Um yeah. I, do you think it's time I mean, have we what else there was so much that happened in this game. Oh my god. I feel
1: like you no, know, we had we we try to get a format going on these shows for the recaps. We what we like what they can improve on and we yeah. you know respect we, 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 are, we respect our opponents we still have game balls but I feel like this game was such a roller coaster and a you know whirlwind that you know we're just going from topic to topic because there's just so much to cover on this game
0: yeah I watched the uh highlight reel post game and like usually the highlight reel is between like three and eight minutes especially for a Seahawks game it can be pretty short because it's like wow a bunch of three and outs and on both sides, and then we get like three more explosives and an extra turnover and win sixteen to nine. Um, but this game, do you know how long the highlight reel was, Grant? The official NFL highlight reel on this game?
1: I will say this is just a guess. I don't know. Seventeen minutes.
0: It was twelve and a half
1: minutes. Oh, okay, so I was a little so high. I was a little. You were
0: high. you were ambitious, and I respect that. But holy crap! I mean, it was the it was longer even than the one which I rewatched pretty frequently um, from the NFC title game where we beat San Francisco. So, you know, uh, that was a pretty good game. That had a bunch of big plays in it. So did this one. I mean, like, it it was crazy, too, because, like, you're watching this one and you hit, like, the eight-minute mark in the highlight reel and there's, like, five minutes left in the game. You're like, oh, that's right. There's, like, touchdown, interception, Stop on third down. A ton of explosive plays. Another interception. All still the cut. I mean, it was wild. This is a wild, great game.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll go back to my prediction about Dwight Freeney. Granted, it, oh, was, yeah. it was a little bit of a like exaggeration, but I said Dwight Freeney would have two sacks. He had half a sack. But it uh it was earlier on in the game, so I was I was really optimistic throughout the whole game after that, to where like, oh yeah, like maybe he can get, you know, one and a half more sacks. But he didn't. He only had that half a sack, but he made an immediate impact. And yeah. so that's what you wanna see out of uh out of a fresh signing in Dwight Freeney.
0: Well, and I think that's a good way to segue into our game balls for the game. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks pass rush being just okay over the last few weeks. I thought it was really good on Sunday. Uh, I mean, obviously they were dealing with Watson, who's a bear to deal with, but they were getting to him pretty frequently, getting to him from a lot of angles, a lot of guys making an impact, as you said, Freeney. Michael Bennett had a really strong game, both in terms of run stopping at the point of attack, and in terms of getting to the passer. Uh, But Frank Clark, he was rated PFF's number one most efficient rusher in all of football this Sunday. He had a spectacular game, getting to the quarterback a whole bunch, and it didn't really have an impact on the final score, which is something that I think gets back to what Pete Carroll said last week, which when he was asked why the team didn't sack Eli Manning so much, he's like, well, they're getting the ball out of their hands really quick, and we're just going to let our linebackers mop it up and not give them first downs. That wasn't how the Texans played. They were taking deep shots. They were hitting deep shots, which gave us opportunities to get sacks. But those sacks were crucial. And Frank Clark slowing them down with his consistent pass rush. And, I mean, Michael Bennett had an impact too. Dwight Freeney, Marcus Smith, a bunch of guys were getting there. But Clark was the one who was constantly overwhelming the Texans' sort of makeshift offensive line. So he... On a day when the Seahawks' defense didn't quite play up to their normal standard, it's going to get our game ball. And on the offensive side, really easy. Really easy. Russell Wilson. I mean... That's a bold choice. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but I don't know. He's putting up MVP numbers at this point. He, uh, they've won four in a row. They're 5-2. They're leading a division. You know, they, uh, He's got a passer rating over 100. Touchdown-interception ratio, 15-4. to four. Uh, When he fumbles the ball... It's for a first down to Luke Wilson. Unbelievable. Challenge by Pete Carroll, by the way. Unbelievable. Truly spectacular work. Very non Pete Carroll like to not just get a challenge like that right, but like get it right and backward. It was unbelievable. Love it. But he at this point, he struggled with inaccuracy for about three quarters total this season. And I think that got people starting off on like, oh, is Russell Wilson 100%? Is Russell, you know, look at his stat line. Yeah, he's 100%. He looks great. And, like, right now, he wouldn't be the league's MVP. It would probably be, like, Carson Wentz or something. But if he keeps playing like he's played over the last four games, as even if the offensive line hasn't been good, they've been able to give him enough time. He isn't getting pressured on whatever that was against Tennessee, like, 30 snaps or something. Like we are in a position to watch Russell Wilson go on a run like what he did in 2015 but started four games earlier in a league without a dominant superstar. I mean, does Tom Brady really have a better case? Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz? like Again, like these guys aren't playing for teams that are better than the Seahawks. They're not playing better than Russell Wilson. They're not more versatile. They don't do more. You know, why not? Why not Russ? Why not us?
1: Especially when... You see the offensive line look competent in big moments of the game where they need to go down and score. That just that propels Russell Wilson. It gives him the extra time to find his receivers and I think that, you know, the Eagles only have one more one less loss than the Seahawks. And yeah. I think that, you know, as good as Carson Wentz has been, he doesn't really have a running game. And, you know, I think their offense is, is going to fizzle out at some point in the season, and they're going to regress the, to the mean. Well, that and, Jason
0: Peters injury looms really large. Right, exactly. And I'll say this. When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I don't know if you remember the Monday night game when New Orleans came to Seattle hot. I think they had a one-game lead on Seattle overall. And we just blitzed them. I mean, it was crazy. I think we won that game like 42-7. to seven. I was in the press box that night, and it's like there's a no cheering in the press box rule. Right. But at a certain point, there was just laughter because that's how well the Seahawks were playing, dialed up against a conference foe in what felt like, you know, San Francisco all ended up being the number two team in the conference that year, but it felt like the winner of that game would have that sort of home field edge through the playoffs. Right. When Seattle just dominated it, and it I could a, see them it doing that again. four to 7 34 to
1: 7. Okay. I Right. It you was, know, could it have was been a more. thorough slacking of the New Orleans Saints. That was as dominant as we saw the Seahawks that year, especially against a team of the caliber of the Saints that they were. And so I think that I agree with you that Russell Wilson deserves the game ball. He was as good as we've ever seen him. Sands, that really weird interception where he kind of stared down Paul Richardson like the whole way. And yeah. Really, and really, you know, he's like, hey, like, Marcus Williams had this ball. But, you know, aside from that, you now he was excellent. He was And let's surgeon. be real.
0: And be let's be real. That play won us the game because we got them to be a little conservative, get their three and out and give us the ball back with just enough time to score without enough time for Watson to go back down the field. Yeah. It was a savvy interception from time genius Russell Wilson. Russell give him Wilson the MVP.
1: Russell Wilson fumbling the ball for first downs and having game winning interceptions. What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I oh agree. My gosh, I think I think like I said uh when I started this podcast Russell Wilson I is is the Russell Wilson that we saw this Sunday the best quarterback in the league.
0: Uh I mean he's right there. He's right there right now. I mean like would I trade him for Drew Brees or Tom Brady? For like this season, or a healthy Aaron Rodgers, but like I mean, like that's he's in that conversation of those three guys who are generational quarterbacks. He is comparably great in terms of guys who have come in the league in the last five years. Who would you want more? I mean, who's even in the conversation? Deshaun would you Watson. really? Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. I mean, like a little bit, Carson Wentz, a little bit, but I still wouldn't take Wentz over Wilson for for all the all the. I don't know what, anything. No, I don't no, want we, what. Yeah, like, no, Wentz. Like, yeah. Wentz is good. Like, Carson Wentz is good, but he's not as good as Russell Wilson. Andrew Luck's got the injury issues. Robert Griffin, you know, come on.
1: <laughs>
0: Cam Newton. Jameis Winston. Marcus Mario. Like, none of these guys. Like, you take Russell Wilson 10 times out of 10. 15 you're, times out of
1: 15. You're going to be hard-pressed to find someone as good as Russell Wilson in all facets of the game. Yeah. And, that, and he's, that's huge.
0: And how old is he, Twenty nine. Twenty eight? Like he's just coming into his prime.
1: Yeah, no, Russell Wilson, as amazing as he 28. is, I, I don't I don't think yeah, there's there's nobody comparable to Russell Wilson in his skill set besides maybe Drew Brees. And yeah. you know, Deshaun Watson is on his way for sure, but he's not there yet. I saw someone uh on Twitter, he said that, you know, I'm i t- I'm taking Deshaun Watson over any quarterback in the past five or six years, including yeah. Andrew Luck. And that includes Russell Wilson. And yeah, I kind exactly. of like scoffed at that. And then, you know what Russell Wilson does after that? He goes downfield in a minute and 19 seconds, or 18 seconds, my bad. And, you know, scores a game-winning touchdown. So... I'm going to just
0: say a few things. Uh, as of now, and it won't be true by the end of the week, but Dwayne Brown versus Riso I'm just going to say DeAndre Hopkins versus, and we love him, but Tyler Locke and Paul Richardson are not DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you look at the interceptions. Russell Wilson doesn't make three of those throws right to Earl and Richard. Like, obviously Watson was having some success throwing that area, but those are dangerous throws that, you know, he was running that risk. He's running the risk, and it was a high-risk, high-reward play. And it made sense, you know. That's a Texans team on the road. They should be going high-risk, high-reward. It almost worked, but, like, Russell Wilson's still the guy. He's still the guy. Man, Grant, we're going to the Super Bowl. Let's I, end I, this episode. I, I, we're yeah. going to the
1: Super Bowl, man. We are going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I that's, that's our official stance. This is what we're going into week eight. No, we're, this was, yeah, we're going into week eight, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Week eight stance.
0: Or, right, well, super no, week the week nine, game
1: eight. All right. We game we Right, exactly. It threw me off a little bit. Anyways. Yeah. Official stance, we're going to the Super Bowl. You have to go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and enter yourself to win a Pro Football Focus Edge membership. It's super easy. You get great numbers. You give us good numbers. So, yeah, you know, you help us out. We give you good Seahawks information, banter, and we tell you that the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl. So, for Locked on Seahawks, I'm Gary I've already, <laughs>
0: I've already uh, requested my press pass to go to the Super Bowl when we go there. So, And I'm Spike Freeman.
1: Yeah, Spike, Spike will be on location at the Super Bowl when the Seahawks are there playing and winning.
0: Yep. All Hi. right. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. We got Earl Thomas news. He has a hamstring strain, minor May or may not play this week, so we have no news. It's the same information we had yesterday, but with an MRI to prove it.
1: All right, there we go. And for Earl Thomas, this is Locked on Seahawks.